Hello everyone. In today's episode, I'm joined with Chris, and in today's episode, um, me and Chris are going to be talking about um, chronic illness. And today, um, like Chris has diabetes, so we're going to hear a little bit about that and a, a podcast that he helps uh, runs as well. So thank you, Chris, for, for for coming on today. I appreciate it, Mason. Thanks for having me. Coming chat about you know chronic illness and raising awareness of what it's like to live with a. Uh, you know what it what it's like to, yeah what it's like to live with chronic illness so um yeah and obviously mine's a slightly different to yours but i feel like we we share the similarities don't we so yeah we, we we do because um i know with crohn's that you, that there's a chance of getting diabetes um a part of that so um like um like it, it, if you just want to explain a little bit about you like about maybe a bit about yourself chris yeah so um September 1999 as a as an eight-year-old um style from what I was expecting as a kid um one of these kids that used to run around playing football and caring about and um, yeah it kind of runs in my had before me and um, yeah, clearly skipped a generation and landed with me. And uh, I feel like they they should be talked about as well. So I was really thirsty. I was thinner. I was needing the toilet more, and I was more tired. So those are the kind of four diabetes, and how people may be referred. Oh. in the August and September of 1999. And um, yeah, these, uh, I suppose with it being the summer, it, uh, it might glucose test and a blood test and a urine sample and pretty much straight experience and a time of your life you never forget and something that I, I don't easily forget and nor does my family but from that week that I spent in the hospital with being diagnosed and getting used to the condition was uh, I played it on the Friday night and uh, I think that was really a demonstration of what my life was going to be like with the condition after that. Uh, one of my, you know, my first quest, first two questions when I was diagnosed was, you know, as an eight year old, am I going to die? Uh, they said, no, you're going to be all right. We're going to find a way to manage. And now obviously commonplace assured me that the next question was, can I still play football? And yeah. Football. So, um, yeah, I use that my with um, with the condition and some of the tough times. And for me, that Friday night where I went out and played only a few days after being diagnosed, it really changed changing moment with the con being diagnosed with the condition. So I think <clears throat> that was an um, of what it was like and it was tough stigma stereotype around diabetes is not, um, a lot of people have an opinion on what it or get it's uh you know things like we all of these sorts of um and also when you're using a, a needle in public when you're injecting people calling you a drug addict and stuff like this so i've had to up and luckily for me kind of went on uh, push past it it's not been easy but I've done relatively well in 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 coming out of the other end with and doing some stuff in sport and also now giving back in sport as well for people like me with my with my condition with the some of the work that I now do in the community yeah yeah I think it's great when you're 
you you do like lots of work for like a particular cause that you're passionate about because um like with my crimes I, I would have thought I would speak to many other people um like many chronic illnesses you don't really know many people to start like when you're diagnosed with it and it and could be hard like medication you take um that dampens your immune system and um even before COVID times um that it was always a risk like having catching a, having a cold and um so it is pretty uh it's it, uh, like i i like having crohn's so um like like i think most people nowadays will say they like having the chronic illness that they have um due to spread awareness of it and to meet other people um but uh and the other side um that's only on your good days i think if you're having a bad day and you're not going to be too happy are you change it now i think it's shaped me as a person it's developed me into who i am today and what i've had to face has come I'm thankful that I was given this chronic illness, but I think on the tough days, I definitely would agree. I think, you know, it's, it's so, many so many different challenges. There's pain, there's, there's challenges. But I think what I always say is like, happen that are good in life, you know, things that you're proud of, things that you're happy with. It makes them feel even better because you over felt in moments where I've pushed myself or delivered on. Uh, I've always felt really proud because I know what I've had to do to get there, and it's overcoming diabetes is just you know just to get through a day, let alone something you're really proud of. Yeah, yeah. It's, sometimes you have to think like that if you're going to get it for a day because it is a fear like um yeah that you could like die or, or, or like um i know of crohn's like um i didn't know what it was mm. when i had it well when i was diagnosed um i'd have all these tests to decide what it is because a lot of chronic illnesses can go misdiagnosed um i suppose i'm thankful i only have one because i know people that have more than more than one which can disrupt treatment um like if you're taking one piece of treatment that could affect another chronic illness so in a way i'm happy that i've only got one but i wouldn't say i've got a very good one <laughs> yeah and they uh, it's difficult isn't it I, I feel like they've all got their real pitfalls and their downfalls i don't think you would pick any other illness over another one i feel like they're all equally pretty nasty in their own way and um yeah i mean i type 1 diabetes you i spend all you know i spend how many injections probably six seven injections a day um to just stay alive so for some people they would look at that and go wow that is not for me but that's my chronic illness i've been doing that since i was eight or nine years old so i think it is difficult to say what you would or wouldn't do or which one you would pick or not pick, but they're all equally pretty challenging. And I think we as people living with chronic illness should be, you know, in some ways, the way that we go about our lives and the way that people push themselves and do things and, and you know, get even just get through days with what we're faced with is, is admirable. And I think um, there should be more praise on people with chronic illness because what we have to deal with and what we have to put up with sometimes is is crazy. It yeah. really is. It's mad. Yeah, it, it definitely is crazy. Um, and I like with your injections, um, Chris, do you have set times in the day to take them or do you normally just take them all at once? Yeah, so with the injections, I, I take them around food. So I tend to, what I need to do is like, I have to count out how much carbohydrate I'm eating in each meal. And as a result of that, I then dose my insulin according to the nutritional information of my, my food that I'm going to consume. Um, also trying to take into account other variables like physical activity, um, maybe the weather, maybe if I'm about to go do something in particular, maybe when the last time I ate. So there's lots of different variables, but essentially 
I'm mostly injecting around when I'm eating food um, mm. because I have to, insulin basically moves glucose from the um, bloodstream into your muscles and cells to be used as energy. So I inject insulin to try and help glucose move from um, obviously the bloodstream. Um, and it breaks down from carbohydrate and carbohydrate is in most foods. So um, I'm constantly carb count, carb counting the food that I'm eating to ensure I can dose correctly to try and stay on a level which is comfortable for me. You know, I'm trying to ensure that I stay above four millimoles. Uh, this is in, in the, the UK in the way that we um, calculate our sort of blood glucose level. So it's above four and then I'm trying to stay below 10. So that's my aim. Um, your body, Mason, obviously is doing that automatically. So I'm trying to do it manually. So that's yeah. the kind of uh, way that we're doing it with, with type one diabetes. That's the way we have to tackle life. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the way of foods, um, like for me, like, like what I take on a daily basis would be, um, might be a quid of an, well, obviously I don't do like, uh, I don't have diabetes, so it won't be the same, but, um, I would take uh, my medication in the morning. Um, mm. I have asthma, so I would take my inhaler. I have normal nowadays. I have one pump because I'm not as bad as I used to be. I, like when mm. I was a baby, um, I was diagnosed with asthma, so I was really bad then. Um, so like I stay, like I would stay away from cats because I'm allergic to that pollen. Um, but yeah. I, I have that once a day now. I normally tend to have it in the, in the morning, so I can. Have, I don't have to worry about it at night. I would normally have it twice a day. Um, like if I was really coughing on, I was quite bad. But now it's just one and I'll, I'll take my allergy, like, like, like to help with the pollen or like a, a different kind of allergies. So I have that in the morning and then I'll have like um, my, my, my Crohn's tablets in the morning. So like azathioprine, um, mm-hmm. um, B, um, B12 um, yeah. and vitamin d which i have as well i have that at night as well so i'll have that night time um so not much to think about at night but in the morning is quite a busy time for me like um so i have to wake up pretty early as we should anyway but sometimes you might have a lay-in like i can't as much have a lay-in because if i forget my tablets um so say on the weekend i woke up about one or one half one i was having a nice laying um I, I I shouldn't redo that because um, I will be disrupting my tablet pattern because I, I like to have it at the same near enough the same time every day. So if if it, I'm changing times for a, a day off, that would disrupt the pattern. Yeah, no, I've got a similar patterns as well. So I have a a background insulin which is at the same time every day. So I inject it in the evening around somewhere between eight and ten in the evening generally and um rest the rest of the time i just inject around food but yeah you you kind of get into patterns and routines and i feel like that's something that we do with chronic illness anyway is that we get into patterns and we get into routines because sometimes it just makes our life easier um it makes it more manageable it makes it more predictable and that's what i find with type one is that if i get into patterns and i use particular foods and i um, my day and my the hours that I'm doing my injections in are similar. It gets a bit more predictable. It gets a little bit easier the day to manage. So I think we do do that, don't we? I think we get into routines and we get into places where uh, it just helps us get through. You know, it makes everything a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And like every two weeks, I have my Humira injections, which um, I have. So. Um... Yeah, I have them every every Thursday. I used to have them every Friday, but I think like I kind of count Friday as a weekend day because um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have college that day or I don't work on those days, so I'll I'll kind of count as a weekend. So I don't really want to be having an injection, which I'll normally do about twelve o'clock on a Thursday, um, um, or or like just after three sometimes. But I think it's. Like, I don't actually inject them myself, but I think that that's kind of goal for me this year to try and inject myself because mm. I fear injecting myself because it's in my thigh um, and has to be in a specific position. Um, yeah. Like I could do it in my belly, but I, I, I always felt I've done it. A nurse did that once when I started these uh, Himera injections. And because each time, uh, 
Um, it can cause pain, um, um, but luckily enough, I don't see the needle, so that helps. It's like an EpiPen type form. Yeah. So it's easier. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a there's an element where you just kind of there's a there's a challenge isn't there to overcome, and it's kind of like getting your head around different challenges and what and how to approach different situations. And obviously, I when I started on injections as a as a kid. I didn't really have any choice. Um, I had to do it immediately. Um, uh, I didn't start injecting myself for a little while. So it was kind of my parents were doing it, but I hated it. I didn't really, I didn't like injections. Most people don't hate them for ages and you just get used to it. It's like all of a sudden you, it just becomes habit. And that's all it is for me now. You know, when I'm doing my own injections, I've been doing that since I was probably 10. So we're talking like, 20 years i've been doing them so it's once you just do it and once you get into the habit and you get used to it you kind of just it's like clockwork it's just life isn't it you just get, yeah you just carry on yeah the thing about when you have crohn's like you fear like you probably know you're not going to be on this medication forever so you yeah. fear like in it like in my mind like knowing that probably i say probably something might go wrong this year because someone always does go wrong at some point um like um, last year, I had a little bit of a flare, um, so I had a, I had a, a sigmoid. I, I, I had like a, just so that they could see what's going on, and mm. it was all, it looked all, all okay, but they didn't look for the whole bowel, because um, Crohn's is from, like, well, my, my form of Crohn's because the things with, with Crohn's it affects everyone differently. So um, my diet, well, my, my Crohn's won't be the same as someone else's, but my like, yeah. like me and you, although we have like you have diabetes and I have Crohn's, we have similar things. So that's why I like to find with other people who have Crohn's as well. So they might be on the same medication as me, but yeah. um, I know I, I was on an Infixamab uh, before I was on Humira. And I, I know someone from America that has been on it for a fair few years and it didn't work for me, but it worked for her. So um, it's nice to yeah. hear a drug like that works, but um, I kind of feel like it was good that I had that reaction. So I don't have yeah. to go into hospital. So I, I just do my injections at home. Yeah. And don't you find it funny how like you get into conversations with people that live with your illness and you go and you start talking about medical uh, terms and you start talking about medication. And when you're talking to somebody with your chronic illness, it's just not like all of a sudden it's normal. But if anybody was to listen to you having that conversation, they'd be like, Nova Rapid, Traceba, uh, Lantus, Fiasp. What are these words that you're talking about? And, you know, talking about basal and bolus. And these are words that are just related to like diabetes. And, and for me, if I was to say that to somebody else with type 1 diabetes, they would know exactly what I was talking about. And like you were talking about there, Mason, you know, you were talking about medications and stuff. I bet you, if you said that to somebody, with, you were talking about those medications to somebody with Crohn's, they would be like, yeah, I know exactly what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. But for me, like, because I'm obviously in the diabetes community, I'm, I'm listening going, I don't know what the medications do or the mean, but it's just, it's funny because like there's this, this lingo and there's language that's just specific to your community and words that your community understand that maybe others don't. So it is, it's really interesting, but yeah, yeah. it's the way, it's the way it is, isn't it? I suppose. Maybe. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, um, like it's, like it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't have a clue what you're talking about. Like, um, yeah. like to say that you'll find that possibly, for, for, um, like because uh, Crohn's does it, it does sometimes run in the family, but um, not all the time. I, I've seen, I've heard a lot of Crohn's people that it hasn't run in the family, um, which I suppose it had. I would say it would help with like, 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 like for example, like you said, diabetes does run in the family, um, mm. and. I suppose it does help when you have a family member that has the same condition that you do. Um, so you kind of feel you're not as alone, but, uh, but you know, it's always good to have a good support system. Hmm. I think that's the key, isn't it? Sometimes the support system, having good people around you. Uh, my mom and dad were always really good with me growing up, um, helping me manage the condition and um, yeah, bailing me out when it went wrong and, you know, helping me through it. And they still, still help in this day you know at my age now they'll still help you know they don't need to help like they used to i manage it completely but if there's a moment where i need some support they'll always be there and i'm sure that's 
Yeah. I think that's the one thing about families with chronic illnesses. You just you can just see how much they you know they've supported over the years and how much I appreciate that. You know what I mean? There's yeah. uh, like you've got a deep appreciation for what your mom or your dad or whoever brought you up. You know how they did it with managing a chronic illness as well as just bringing up a child like it's just yeah. it's incredible what they do and I think that those that those parents that help bring up a child with a chronic illness or any illness or disability deserve so much credit because it's just not easy at all yeah and but they were the people that saw like that the, the um sort was going on as well like uh like for me I didn't have a clue what was going on um yeah like um I was 16 I was so I wasn't old um so um I still I, I say I'm not old probably older than I, like quite young but from that I uh the, the the signs were I lost a lot of weight mm. um I wasn't eating um and I was tired and I had some pain and the pain didn't start straight away it kind of going through the photos and year 2017 when I was diagnosed I could see the signs and like, I wasn't eating I was put on liquid drinks which I didn't like so I kind of had to eat and to go for a kind of loss of of course you have to be empty on your insides of, and I was empty anyway so I still had the the, the prep that you would have to have a, a kind of loss of pee, but um I didn't really need it really because <laughs> I was empty but um they, they were the signs which I didn't really notice at first and mm. bloating was another one where you would eat a little bit and you'd be full um and holding us at this point i still went into school and stuff so i still went into to try and do things because I, I was new i would have had to catch up anyway so um which i suppose is it's good thing getting diagnosed younger in life than you are, are when you're a bit older like um maybe you're in your 50s <laughs> yeah um yeah difficult i think it's uh i I don't know. I mean, for me, I would have maybe have preferred to have been diagnosed as an adult when I was type one rather than going through childhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's maybe because of the way that diabetes is stigmatized. Um, yeah. So the way that people view pe people living with diabetes is quite negative. Generally, there's quite a negative connotation for the word diabetes. And I've faced a lot of that growing up and it didn't help me at all so kids are quite unkind they don't really know any better sometimes there's an element of like bullying and name calling and and it was an easy one you know they could always take a chip out of me by you know saying something about my diabetes and yeah. you know saying you're a drug addict or yeah just stuff like that that really used to wind me up and you don't get that as an adult people mm. don't come up to you in the street as an adult and go what mm. on earth are you doing there you know, you were a druggie and, you know, were you a fat kid when you, when you were younger? People, adults don't do that. So children do because they don't know any better. So I think I would have faced less stigma and less stereotypes if I was diagnosed as an adult. Um, however, would I have got used to it so quickly? It's tough. You know, kids are more resilient. Kids are more adaptable. And I think as a child, you just you roll with it and you just do it and you carry on as an adult when you've built up your whole life and your routines and who you are as a person then all of a sudden this come this thing comes into your life I think it would be difficult as well but I, I mean I don't know I don't think there's ever a good time to be diagnosed with a chronic illness but I think for me personally I think I would have been I would have preferred uh, to have been diagnosed as an adult over being diagnosed as a child but yeah um, I, you don't get to pick Obviously, no, no, no. We, don't get to, we don't get to we don't get to pick do we mason so you know that'd I, be nice in hindsight i would have loved to have been able to if i was going to get it i'd have loved to have told god or whoever decides when i was going to get it and i would have chose probably a few years ago uh but not 22 years ago so yeah. um yeah but it's uh yeah we don't get that no. luxury of choosing do we so no no like i suppose it's high and lows if you think about it like with each chronic illness, like like um, getting diagnosed quite young is like um, I suppose like because I, I was diagnosed with autism when I was nine, so mm. um, I suppose I haven't really had, or even though I've I, I, like like autism, it goes with like a routine. That's why 
I like having a routine and stuff and mm. and, and stuff in the right places and stuff like that and like don't like noises so in that way I was diagnosed with autism when I was nine so and then trying to get used to it trying to accept it then I get diagnosed with Crohn's when I was 16 so there's not a right time to get diagnosed like really I would have probably liked to get diagnosed but later in life but on the other hand I suppose it, in a way it is a good way so you know more about it otherwise when you're older you're not going to know as much more but mm. I think that there's no good way to look about it but uh unfortunately we can't choose it'd be nice if we could um I would choose not to have it <laughs> yeah if we could choose I'd probably get rid of it to be fair yeah. but I mean, it's brought a lot of good things into my life as well at the same time. So I will be thankful for it in some ways. Um, but if I had an overall choice to not have a life with a chronic illness, I probably would have done. Um, but I am very thankful for some of the things that it has brought my way as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have probably created a, a account about, about Crohn's awareness at all. Yeah. I uh, probably wouldn't have met all the great people that I've spoken to. Uh, mm. Probably wouldn't have been on your podcast either. <laughs> no, yeah, well, I mean, these are the, these are the things that this is the the things to be thankful for, and like me, you know, the, the same kind of things, Mason. You know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have started a charity, if you like, or a charitable foundation and an organisation to support people with diabetes, the diabetes football community. I wouldn't have done that. So that's been an amazing vehicle and an amazing support mechanism for people with the condition. I wouldn't have done our own podcast within that. So, we, you know, I run the Diabetes Dugout podcast as well. And then I wouldn't have got involved in Chronic Power, the podcast that you came on. Um, and in some ways, I think it also pushed me as well. It drove me. So I got a lot of determination and a lot of, um, let's call it inspiration from the fact that I was living with diabetes. I wanted to overcome it. I wanted to push past it. I wanted to make sure that, even though the condition is designed to hold me back, I wanted it to propel me forward. And um, yeah, I used it as motivation. It was like a fuel to the fire that I had. And uh, it helped me really in some of the dark moments when it's hard or the injuries that I might have had in sport. Um, and also to push me to believe that I can, you know, I can keep going. Yeah. Even when it hurt, I could keep going because I know what real pain's like and I know what real struggle is like because of what I have to go through every day. So you almost know that in sport, it's just temporary pain. It's not yeah. like what you get with a chronic illness where it's continuous, that that's permanent. Yeah. Like what you live with, with that, that doesn't go anywhere. So yeah. with sport and physical activity, I always knew it was like, well, this pain is only here for a time because it's sport. It will diminish in a minute. And, and that helped me, you know, push myself and, uh, you know, and it motivated me to go on and do what I did in sport and, and try and get to my mountaintop if you like yeah yeah like you like in sport like I, I always think when you are in pain uh with a chronic illness I, I always find if you like focus on your interests like like football and then yeah. and that you don't as much I think the more you think about something the more it will probably hurt although it will still hurt but if you focus on other things like football like um I like football as well like um before all the, this pandemic started I, I was doing football coaching um, yeah, but I um uh, local football club um and I, I enjoyed that and unfortunately I had mm. to stop because of the pandemic and it being very close contact so um yeah I couldn't go but I, well I haven't I haven't really been back um since and like mm. like hope things do improve so don't like lots of things have been put off due due to what's happened but um but yeah like before. About I think 2019, I I got um I did my uh, FA level one coaching course, so yeah. I got that out, out of the way and like pretty fun. Um, you do first aid, um, um which my legs really hurt after that because I, I suffer from joint pains as well. So um, uh, being on the same position for a while didn't wasn't uh wasn't nice for my legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. but yeah, but yeah, like um football is a song and I love and I know it's something you love so it's, yeah, it's, yeah yeah it's been the it's been the light sometimes in the dark for me you know when it's been really tough with chronic illness like you said Mason like you use the the things you enjoy and the things that you uh hold dear you know you use it as like the reason that you 
keep going through when it is really hard. And yeah, you're a, you're an Ipswich Town fan, are you, yeah. Mason? I think I yeah, saw yeah, that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, Ipswich Town. How how are they getting on this season? Well, um, they uh they got rid of the manager, so they got a new one now. So uh, hopefully uh, well he's done pretty well so far. Uh, he's yeah. um the former um well he, he was at May Night quite a lot. So hopefully um he brings some of the May Night youth players um maybe in the current transfer window, and then uh proves the squad because um. They, they spent quite a lot in the summer. They had like over 20 signings, like a lot of new people. Wow. Wow. But I'm a Villa fan. So Aston Villa is my, yeah. my team. So, uh, but yeah, even just watching your team sometimes helps you out, doesn't it? You know, I used to go and watch Villa more regularly when I was young. I haven't watched them so much as an adult because I've mostly been playing um, and it's clashed with most of the games at times. And I need to go a bit more that now I'm in my thirties and I hopefully I will get to go and see Villa a bit more. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's the passion sometimes and those things that help you when it is tough, you know, you've got things to look forward to and going to a football match on a Saturday, getting to go down to Villa park or it's Portman road, isn't it? Ipswich. Yeah. 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 Portman road. So getting yourself down to Portman road or Villa park, it's um, yeah, it's, it's always something to look forward to, the buzz of the crowd, the goals yeah. that go in, hopefully, for your team. You know, it's it's excitement. And those are the things that you, we all live for. So, yeah, I think football's it's helped me from that perspective. Obviously, I've got to do some cool things with football and futsal as well. So it's been, a from a playing perspective, I've enjoyed it as well as uh, it having a, a, a real big impact on me and watching it as well. Yeah, yeah, like... With Aston Villa, they're doing all right at the moment. Like they've got yeah. Steven Gerrard, and he's he's done pretty good. Um, yeah, since no, Gerrard's uh, doing all right at the moment. Brought yeah. in some good players as well. Philippe yeah. Coutinho is not bad, is he? Yeah, yeah buying might, might be some more like um good like for former players they used to play with. Um, yeah, I, I think I saw they were linked with uh, Luis Suarez as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a bit mad, I think, if we yeah. could get Luis Suarez. But I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Definitely yeah. take it. He's he's better than all of our other forwards at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, by distance. When I was younger, I went to see Manchester United versus Aston Villa, um, yeah. and, and that was it. Were it was at Old Trafford. It was, and uh, it was one of Sir Ferguson's last game, and uh, it was a brilliant game. Not for Aston Villa, but. <laughs> For, for May night because that, that was when uh, Wayne Rooney did a volley to Robin Van Persie he scored that great volley oh uh, yeah um, yeah I remember and, it and yeah not it, a great game for us that yeah, one Mason oh, no. not a great game yeah. there aren't many good games for us at Old Trafford oh. we normally get absolutely hammered there but oh. this season we did win there so that was a rare occasion yeah yeah well, they don't see it as well nowadays so I probably went for the only game I've been to Old Trafford was probably the best one <laughs> Um, yeah. because uh, like when I was growing up I was I, I did follow May Night quite a bit but now mm. I've got older I've, like supporting it so it's town it's not pretty because <laughs> um, they're not they're more excited to watch under the new major but um, yeah. with the with the old one um, it, it, it was actually pretty nice um, because I like to meet all the or the, the, the new Ipswich Town like m- managers because uh, 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 I like to see them and that and like um, like um, like I've got a season ticket as well so I haven't been this yeah. year I didn't go for the last uh, end of last year as well uh, due to because of COVID and everything and, like mm. I, I'd wear a mask there and it'll be a bit irritating wearing it for the whole game and yeah. and not everyone else will wear one um, because it's not law anymore, uh, but it is hard. Um, it, like I enjoyed going if they won, but um, I'd normally leave about ten minutes early, just yeah. so I, I don't catch the crowd. Mm. Tough, tough being an Ipswich fan. It's been tough being a Villa fan though recently as well. So it's it's nice to see us sort of progressing backwards because we did spend a few years in the Championship and. Uh, that wasn't as nice as what it used to be like with being a Villa fan. So it's nice to nice to see us back doing yeah. what we do. They they all I feel they always reminded me of a team that are always trying to survive relegation from the Premier League. But 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 now they seem of a more 
team that could possibly, with the new signings they got and the way they've been playing, like especially against Man United in the in the cup, which uh, that they looked the better team. And I think they they drew in the end, didn't they? Come back from two 0 down, which um, Man yeah, United shouldn't won really. Yeah, that was in the league. We we drew two yeah. two. We we lost in the cup one 0 even though we outplayed Man United at yeah. Old Trafford. So yeah, yeah it's. We're, we're, we're looking more attractive now as a, as a team now Gerard's in charge, which is quite cool. And yeah. um, and I'm excited to see what he does, actually. I, hopefully we have a good second half of the season and then the summer comes around and we can uh, go and spend some more money and see where see what we can do next season. Yeah, because, like, I think out of all the, you know, all, all the managers, like, who have recently retired, like, like Gerard, uh, Frank Lampard, Rooney... Um, even though Rooney's done a really good job of Derby, um, like I think all of them, like Steven Gerrard has probably come out off better than like the others because with Frank Lampard he left Derby and went to Chelsea. Which personally I thought if he would have stayed for Derby another year he could have gotten promoted. Um, mm. uh, but Wayne Rooney's done a really good job. Like if he keeps Derby up, um, it'd probably be one of the best uh, escapes. Yeah. It will be a yeah. big, big job if he manages yeah. to pull that one off. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's done well at Derby, and hopefully they do. I think they've been hard done by by the EFL, and I uh, I do hope that in some way that they can sort of survive it. Um, they 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 kind of mugged off a team that I follow quite closely, Wickham Wanderers, which is in your your league as well, uh, Mason. Because I'm I'm from that way. I was born yeah. down that area of the country, so. Yeah, Wickham's one of the teams that I I follow. So um, yeah, they're a, I'm not so happy with Derby because last year they managed to stay up and Wick, at Wickham's expense. But in some ways, the way that Rooney's approaching it and the way that, Derby's a big club as well, you don't want to see it sort of die out and be no. absolutely uh, ruined by the EFL either. So it's kind of uh, yeah, I, I do hope they do all right. But we'll, we'll I guess it's. Proofs in the pudding. We'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. I'm not. I, I'm not. A, I like. I don't really like Wickham. Only because. Ooh. I, I, Ooh. I, I, only because when um you know when they got promoted that year, and I think yeah. it's which weren't that far from the playoffs, and uh, like they would keep fouling our players. So yeah, Wickham were like every time it just get the ball, the, the ref would give it their way, and and like every time because it was beat Wickham twice in the league this year, so. They played them twice and beat them twice, so I'm happy about that. But um, like every year of Ipswich now, because they've been in League One a few years, you say to them, uh, oh, it's, 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 "This is our year. We'll, we'll go up this year. Every every year." And uh, they could still get in the playoffs this year, but uh, they have to go on a nice winning run um, to, to do that. And they have been like they're, they're not ones for being the teams at the top of the near the top of the table, but they have beat some of the the big ones like like the beating Wickham been a bit unfortunate against some teams but um but yeah it's 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 uh like it's missed when you like like with Aston Villa um like I, I like the derby games when when your team plays in the derby like you've got you got Norwich who uh, who who always seem to go back up <laughs> um yeah which uh well I do think there should be some kind of role like if like because you've got Norwich Derby West Brom and you always see them three going up and down and like, yeah. it'd be nice to see other teams have a chance. Yes, yeah, unfortunate, isn't it? They just mm-hmm. seem to—they're too good for the championship, but they're not quite good enough for the Premier League, and that seems mm-hmm. to be the way that happens. Especially Norwich and and West Brom <laughs> and and Fulham seem to be a team like that as well at the moment, up and down, up and down. Yeah, there's a few of them, isn't there? Yeah, it'd be nice to see a few new teams. Like in the Premier League, like I think Stoke have been have been missed for a fair few years because uh, I did I do like Stoke. Um, uh, like so, so some family members always have a joke at me, like because I always go on about Stoke. Well, like I, I do like Stoke. I, I like Stoke when I had Peter Crouch and um, like on FIFA sometimes uh, I would be Stoke mm. just just to wind people up. <laughs> but um, but it's good. Um, like um like Man City look like they're doing gonna do well for the next few year seasons. Um mm. hopefully not doing May United win I like twenty in a row or something like that. <laughs> but um hopefully not, yeah. hopefully not. Hopefully but, one of the other teams nicks what nicks the title off them. Yeah, yeah, but um but like with when you played um like football 
futsal like how how did that like uh impact like with your diabetes yeah so it's um uh, it's it's tough because it there's like football and futsal and they impact on my diabetes in different ways so because football is a little bit of a longer game and you're you can walk you can jog and you can sprint all within the same game um my levels tended to sort of drop and um over a period of time they'd, and you need to manage it a lot as well you need to be checking all of the time just trying to get your levels into a sweet spot where you know that you can play well so it's um it's difficult to do that on a consistent basis so i'd get some games spot on i'd get other games slightly wrong and then you'd get somewhere you you know it went really badly so um but you learn over years trial and error really helps so over many many years of trying it you get better and better and your routines get better to manage it so i always try to get into a routine to help me manage football and futsal and um yeah i think with futsal the intensity is quite high on yeah. the sport so it used to make my glucose levels spike so i would actually have to inject to try and manage that sport whereas with football i would end up having to eat at half time um some more glucose to try and manage that sport so they're, they're quite similar in obviously with the objective keep the ball in the goal but actually the impact that they had on me with my chronic illness is very very different just because of the way the intensity of the exercise or the activity really you know it has a different impact on the body so um yeah i would have yeah. to manage in slightly different ways for for both sports but i always just try and ensure that i have my insulin around injection so i can you know, inject to bring my levels down if I need to. If I've got my glucose uh, sugary bits and pieces around me as well, in case my levels drop too low and I need to increase them. As long as I've got all of that around me and my testing kit um, so I can check what my levels are, as long as everything like that is around me, I will be fine and I know how to, you know, manage the situation to try and get the best sort of performance out of my body that my body will allow for. So, um, yeah, I kind of... Have, managed it like that i guess over many years but you learn a lot from just trying it mason to be honest and just giving yeah. it a go and and seeing how your body reacts yeah it's um like it's hard because like each sport is different and i uh, it'll impact you in different ways because like with like it's always been the case with me like every time i play football do some sort of sport i'll get uh my legs would ache for days and like um Nothing to do, it's just to do with like me, I suppose. Like, um, like with have how the joints like really impact me. Um, so I'll try my hardest on, um, try to do try, try my hardest I can be, and then I'll, I won't be uh doing much for the next couple of days. I'll be struggling to uh to walk and stuff. So, uh, um, which once actually I did go to hospital due to the fact that I couldn't walk and never found out the reason why that happened but um i didn't do any sports or anything um mm. near that time so that was a that was a mystery why that happened mm. yeah sometimes it's just uh seeing how your body responds isn't it you know our mm. bodies respond in different ways to different activities sometimes the body likes it and is okay with it other times the body really does not like it and it and it lets you know <laughs> and it sounds like it let you know that on that occasion mason that it did not like whatever you'd done no no it didn't and when nurses and people like because they 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 they're going to put like because if you don't move well you'll risk getting but blood clots and stuff and they're going to put an injection in me and i said no no i'm okay I, i'll just try and walk a little bit uh because i didn't want any more injections <laughs> mm. i'm used to having injections as it is so more yeah. um I didn't really want. So no, I would get up. Not. I need to get up and waddle, I would say. I, <laughs> I couldn't completely walk. But um and then eventually I did walk all of a sudden. And then I'm I'm off I'm off home. So and then not seeing not able to find out what happened, having X rays and all tests and all sorts when I was there. But um like it's 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 one of those things where uh, like as you say, uh, you're you're so, so, like it, it wasn't working and it's the same was up that we'll probably won't know hmm. yeah but um but yeah like like a lot of like with crohn's and 
and like um like sports like like with any kind of illness you try to still try and do what you want to do like not trying to make a chronic illness stop you although it may sometimes like uh if you're maybe in a flare or something where you're unable to do something um like if you're in a lot of pain and you can't but if you like i suppose it's like like we say like set, set yourself a few goals um and then try and get to them um mm. and stuff yeah yeah you kind of you push yourself don't you you try and using it i use it as a motivation and um i always felt obviously my condition like you said there mason it's going to hold you back at times it's going to cause you problems it's going to cause you issues but you work out the best ways to manage it in different situations as you get more and more experience with it and i think the years and years past with me living with the condition i'd had it for so long and you know you get into sort of 15 to 20 years experience with it and and by that time, I was sort of pushing myself to play in sport. That was my goals and my objectives. And, um, you know, I set my, my, set my sights on becoming um, a Wales futsal international. So that was my big goal, if you like. And, and I had that opportunity. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to do it and play for the country 10 times in futsal. First person to do it with um, living with diabetes. I think the first person to do it with any hidden disability and you you I've used it as a as a as I said earlier like the the fuel to the fire to motivate me to do it also just learn as best I could about my condition and and also just been know full well that some days my my recovery won't be as good as other people's because of what I live with um knowing that I'm going to be tested by my condition some days and I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. You know, I might have a hypo in the middle of the night and that wipes me out. I can't change that. I just have to respond to it. And it's just being patient with yourself, knowing that you couldn't change that situation. And it's happened now and you've just got to deal with it. And I think that was, you know, my approach has always been like that with my condition. I'm just bringing it along. I'm just going to do the best that I can with it. And I'm just going to keep plowing on towards my goals and my objectives in my in my life because, you know, you only get one go, don't you? You get one go at this life, and if you've got the opportunities and the the desire and the you know the the skill set or um, uh, belief that you can do something, then you've got to go for it. And for yeah. me, it was like I've just rolled the dice and just gave gave it everything I had for a few years to try and push myself to the to the limits of what I was capable of, and I think chronic illness motivated me to do that you know living with diabetes motivated me to push myself to that limit I don't know if I would have played for Wales as many times as I did uh, without having type 1 diabetes um, for, in foot time it motivated me heavily and I think that if there's other people out there that do sport with chronic illness I think it motivates all of us yeah yeah I think it, it, it's, a, it's a good way to be because it, you don't want to be all like feeling sorry for yourself all the time um, and you don't really want other people to like mm -hmm. you, you you have a, a number of people in your life that who who will support you um, which um, you wouldn't like ask like them I suppose to help like um, if they didn't want to but it's just you know the people who's in your life that will support you you know the people that won't because you don't want, well, I know I don't, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. I won't go on about to a friend about my Crohn's. I, I made during a pandemic because that, that that's different. If I can't make like, like people like, to, like my, normally my friendship group are meeting without me because I just can't be that at risk. And mm. other people don't have a chronic illness like me. So um, yeah. I don't find many in my normal friendship group that do. Um, um, there may be family members of, of friends and stuff, but um, I know I don't know about you, but in the Crohn's community, in the RBD community, you always find if you mention like my condition to someone else that um, like you just talked to in the street, maybe or a friend that that they'll say that um, that like um, oh yeah, my my friend has that, and so that would be a, a common response. Mm. Yeah, there's a uh, I get quite a lot of. Uh oh, my granddad's got diabetes or my uh, my cousin's dad's got it or, you know, you get a lot of, oh, they've got diabetes. And you're like, well, they have got diabetes, but they do they have the same type as me? Because 
they probably don't. Um, and I always feel that that's a challenge with chronic illness is that people are always trying to like compare what they're like and how they are. And rather than just accepting that they are a certain way and the challenges we face um, on a day-to-day basis should be just allowed for rather than trying to one up and, and try and make one sound more difficult than another or one more challenging. They are all difficult. They are all equally a challenge. And I think we just need to get to a place where we're accepting of that. Yeah, that's it. Because it's a, it's the same with with Crohn's. Like there's different types. Like uh, mine is, I'm told, the worst one that you can possibly get. So <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> um, but oh. it's it's called patchy pans. Um, it's called, and it where it affects like from the mouth to all the way down to the to the bottom. Yeah. and which isn't nice and I'm quite fortunate um, because I've never had surgery um, and it's quite likely if you're diagnosed quite young um, so I most like to have it in my life but um, I'm quite lucky that I would ever since I've got diagnosed I wouldn't say I've, I've been as bad as when I was diagnosed I've had rough moments and, and stuff where things may not have worked but not as bad as when I was diagnosed so I'm quite grateful for that and, and grateful when a pandemic as well because I know uh, people do get diagnosed with uh, Crohn's, uh, diabetes, uh, um, some different chronic illness, illnesses as well during a pandemic, which can be hard because um, if something goes wrong, um, you have to stay in hospital and it's something you don't want to do, um, mm. especially if, if it's a time where pandemic cases are quite high. And um, uh, because I know when I had my procedure last year, I had to take, because uh, I had gas in air, for the first time so I had to take my mask off to do that and um like which um I, I I remember the difference from having sedation and gas in air because uh sedation I didn't didn't remember much and with gas in air um I I did so like yeah. it's it's fairly different but I think like it's 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 hard to I suppose that that there's going to be good, bad, good and bad moments with when you have your chronic illness. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, because I I remember once um, once Chris and I, I was in college and I uh, because fatigue is a massive part uh, of of uh, of Crohn's and many chronic illnesses, but it's one major symptom for me. Um, where I, so I was I was playing football. It was it was, it was PE. It was. And we was in little groups, and I, I was sales one of the main people because everyone's keep passing me the ball. So um, I was trying my best. Uh, I suppose I wanted to impress everyone, <laughs> but um, I, I was scoring all the goals, and um, I was, uh, um, and then we got to this final match, and I, I was on the sidelines because if you win, I think if you win, you stay on, and. We lost a certain game, and because we won the most games in the end, we was in this final. And uh, I said to teacher, um, oh, "I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm shattered. I'm falling asleep here. Like um, I'm going to go to sleep because that's what fatigue's like. Um, worse than when before diagnosed. Because I know everyone gets it, but it's just a lot more worse um, than that. Mm-hmm. But the thing was." Um, the thing what got to me was but I didn't want to cause an argument because I in my mind I couldn't really be asked to do that because I was so tired and I knew if I said something he would say something back a very nice teacher yeah. though he says yeah and he um I said um I can't continue I'm shattered um can someone else out my place and then one, yeah. one, one thing he said was are you gonna let your teammates down and um I was annoyed by what he said but like I said, like I just couldn't be asked to argue with him, and then I just didn't answer. Yeah, I've had a few of those as well in my life as well, where you just you feel it's easier to just say nothing rather than just try and fight your corner because you can't be bothered to to go through all of the pain of trying to explain it or the anger or the upset of having to explain it in front of people and they're not really going to understand it anyway. So, yeah, I understand that feeling being there as well, Mason. I think we all get there with chronic illness and I did I, I ended up taking part because um which I shouldn't have felt like because yeah like the teacher found me into it yeah he, he made me feel like I was um being bad or something like because I haven't taken part when 
He probably know if I went down, part of my team would have lost. <laughs> so, um, because, um, but I do like I played football myself at school, like in the school yeah. team. I was probably because um, I, I came from mainstream and I went to special mm. school because of my autism. Yeah. Um, and I, I I played as a defender and uh, I can't shoot. <laughs> But um, so that, that's one reason why I was a defender. So I was always in defence or midfield. And I went in these many tournaments. I wouldn't I wouldn't play the full nine minutes. Um, I couldn't do that. But um, like going these many tournaments, I was happy enough to win a few tournaments when I was at school. Mm-hmm. Um, one was called Mess of Football, where you would take part with different schools. And it, yeah. it, and one moment in the final, it was quite funny because I was told to mark a certain player. And the whole whole game, which I did, and at the end he got he got violent. He, he wasn't happy because we won the game in the end because he couldn't. He uh, when someone's telling me as a marker, I mean I'm not I'm, I'm not focused about getting the ball myself. I'm focused about marking that man, and and so he doesn't get a touch, and 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 that's what I did. So he didn't get a touch, and. I might have got a few touches, but my 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 main focus because I was told he was the best player on their team, just yeah. to guard him, like he didn't get a touch. So he wasn't happy at the end, but um, we was all happy. Uh, I went up to him to try and shake his hand. Um, of course, this was before COVID times, uh, because I wouldn't shake someone's hand now. <laughs> I, I was more <laughs> if I did something like that, it'd more be like an elbow or something, or or, or virtual high five, but. I went over to high five, uh, hand handshake him. He, he, he wasn't really having it. He wasn't. He weren't happy. But um, I was happy to have. Uh, I, they're good memories to like um, when you win these competitions when you take part in things. Yeah, absolutely. Always good memories to have things like that. And you always find that people are bitter when you've when you've given them a good tackle, Mason, or you've beaten them in a game. They're all, nobody really wants to shake their <laughs> shake your hand at the end or fist pump you. Nobody's ever that happy to do it. No, no. If you're winning, you might be though. You'll be like, "Hey, go." Oh, if you're winning, you're more than happy to go and shake somebody's hand or yeah. fist pump or whatever it is yeah. these days. One hundred percent. Yeah, but um, I, 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 when I was younger, Chris, um, I, I went to uh, like from primary school. There was, uh, I, I love football ever since then. Like I would do um football camps or like um when I was younger with this particular coach, and I still know him now. Um. And he was actually on te- Teddy. Uh, like his team got to the FA Cup third round, and unfortunately they lost. It was on Teddy's. They lost. Uh, but um, but from him, uh, like ever since, like because I went through the ranks and um, like with the coaching and more like a P lesson at school. And but when I left, uh, I was thinking I was kind of gutted. Don't want to go do it anymore. But fortunately, he did. He does camps at, at different places, like in the summer holidays, which I went. And eventually, uh, I, I kind of volunteered to help out just because I, I loved it and uh, yeah. loved coaching and stuff. And um, so I did that. And um, so I've been doing that. And then I did get asked, uh, like, 2020-ish and just trying to get in contact now, um, hopefully more this are you year. Go back to, are you going to go back to doing some coaching after yeah. The, yeah. the pandemic? Yeah, like, um, the, the guy asked uh, if I wanted to work for him which was which is great and I, I said yes but I'll get in touch at a time when it's more convenient and more mm. like safer and stuff because uh, I was doing quite a bit of coaching and like, I've got I've got opportunities of different coaching stuff to mm. do not just football uh, I, I was going to do a course uh, which I unfortunately couldn't do due to COVID uh, which affected quite a lot of stuff um, yeah. and I would um, probably not have taken much time as doing the podcast which I would do, I do want to keep on the podcast but yeah. I still I still want to do have a Got job doing things you want like to do as well yeah yeah, yeah. things no yeah. makes sense yeah just to have more time now like I created it just after the pandemic yeah. started having more time to do it like doing a full-long series which yeah uh people want to hear and stuff so um yeah I just want to do other things and maybe travel a little bit um yeah um because I like Doctor Who quite a bit, so I plan this year to go to uh, um, Cardiff because I visit the sites where they were filmed and there's also yeah. a Doctor Who experience in Liverpool. So uh, th- th- just different bits I want to do. And I'm 21 this year, so I want to 
There's you different things. <laughs> gotta go and see it while you can, Mason. Gotta go and see it, especially if you've got a big birthday coming up, like 21. You gotta go and make sure you make the most of it, haven't you? Yeah, hopefully, all things improve by then, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah, just the last thing before before we finish up, Chris. Yeah. Is there any like any advice or anything else you'd like to say uh, for for other people? Um, I think the key bit of advice I always say to people with any chronic illness is, you know, find the things that you love doing um, and make sure that the chronic illness comes along for the journey doing those things that you love doing. You know, try and make sure that you live life, um, take risks, do things and ensure that you're trying to fulfill what you believe your potential is and your purpose is. Follow that. And uh, yeah, just work with your chronic illness to ensure that you can go and make that happen. That's all I I try and do with my life is just try and make sure that my diabetes comes along for the ride and I don't let it get in the way. And um, yeah, I work with it and it does get in the way sometimes, but for the most part, it's there in the background. Yeah, no, I, I think that's some uh, that's some great advice there, there Chris. And oh, it's, it's been great speaking to you. Um, because uh, it was nice coming on your podcast as well. Yeah, I um, no, appreciate you yeah. coming on as well, Mason. Yeah, yeah it's nice. To, it's nice to have you. You on my one as well. Um, no. Yeah, You're welcome. I hope Aston have a nice rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully Ipswich do get into the playoffs and they'll play Wickham, and then you'll be delighted. <laughs> I won't be. I don't think, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we. Yeah. Hopefully avoid them, but saying that we've been them twice already, so I don't see there why you not. Go, good it. omens, good omens. Um, yeah, but uh, but well, so thank you again, Chris. It's been great speaking to you and continue all the wonderful work you do, like with your diabetes and all the awareness. Appreciate it, Mason. Thanks for having thank me you. on.